0: Hey everybody, so I just wanted to make a couple announcements before today's show. First off, Timothy, I would like to say a huge thank you to everybody that came out to our first meetup in Nashville. We had such an awesome time meeting everybody and hanging out, even though we did get a little rain done. It was really awesome, so thank you again guys to everybody who came. We had a blast. Second announcement, we have Analog Talk podcast t-shirts. We are super excited about these guys. We are doing a pre-order sale until October 22nd. We're super stoked on the design, and we hope you guys are too. And our last announcement is we have our holiday 4x6 print exchange. So all you have to do to sign up for that is send us an email at analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com saying you want to be a part of it along with your address. I'll be matching everybody up after November 30th. That's the deadline to sign up for that. And that's it. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up on some of the things we have going on. And now on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's special guest, we have Kyle McDougal. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Before we get into things, can you just give our listeners um, a background in yourself and how you got started in photography?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, background. So I'm in uh, Ontario, Canada. Um, Mm. I've been doing photography for about maybe 12, 13 years now. Nice. Um, Yeah. So I originally got started just with an interest uh, in in photography. I was actually living out west. And then uh, shortly after, I ended up going to school um, for film, uh, like motion picture film. Oh, wow. That makes so cool. much sense
0: because of your YouTube channel. I... Yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so,
1: so funny enough, um, so I did two years of school. And then ever since I've been doing this kind of uh, video and photography as a career, essentially, mm. um, I would say ph- photography-less as a career mm-hmm. um video like maybe like an 80% 20% when it comes to uh photography yeah. video um but I, I, I love both i have a passion for both um so yeah i I've, I've been doing it for about 12 years 12 13 years now and uh i've kind of uh gone through a a couple different genres um over the last while but uh i would say for a large majority of uh, of kind of my career i was uh, interested in uh in like traditional landscape photography mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's what i focused a lot on and then kind of got back into film um within the last 2 years so
0: uh which which camera
1: did you start up shooting film with like when i got back into it yeah yeah uh oh so let me think about this for a second so the fir- <laughs> the first one i would have got my hands on was uh uh, Yashica 124G. Nice. Um, yeah. So we were we were kind of traveling across uh, Canada and the States, and we were in Portland. And I'd been shooting photos. I was kind of at this point where I was uh, had lost some of the, the drive and the passion I had for the traditional landscape photography. And I was trying to figure out kind of where to go from there. And uh, I was in Portland just kind of uh, bumming around one day, and I went to a place called Blue Moon Camera. Which is, uh, I guess, like the place in Portland. And uh, yeah, that's where I picked up the Yashica and uh, pretty much just fell in love with it right away. So it's funny. I had that camera only for a short period of time, but, uh, you know, almost weekly now I'm just eyeballing them online uh, (laughs) because I I, I have this like connection to it, I think, because of uh, because of that.
2: Man, that's crazy you say that because I had recently got a 124G. It was just kind of a like in a one of the one of the listeners and fans of the YouTube stuff that I do just sent me a bunch of cameras that he wasn't using anymore and that blew my mind when I opened the box and that was in there and mm. I literally took three or four rolls with it and then kind of traded it off I like upgraded with it I used it as a you know a bartering trade to, to get another <laughs> camera that I wanted and ever since then I still just kind of like go back into my my little Lightroom catalog and look at those pictures and the glass on that, that camera is nuts. I'm so sad that I <laughs> gave it away. Yeah it's, a, but it, yeah,
1: it's a good one and it's such a good buy too. I mean, you can pick them up for yeah, so yeah. cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that there'll be a time where I pick up another one for sure. Man, awesome.
0: So Kyle, how long have you been doing your YouTube stuff?
1: So I started that um, I think I launched my first video in February of, of this year. So yeah, eight months, something like that.
0: And they're, they're to be honest, I was tell- before we started. I was telling Timothy, I'm like, he makes you want to quit. They're so good. <laughs> oh. They're so cinematic. I like. I, I mean, in every camera review, I'm like, damn. Now I want that. I'm like googling all the ca- like. Now like, I want this camera.
1: Now I want this camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh you know, my my intention is not to try and make everyone drain their bank accounts by any means. I'm yeah. just trying. To I mean, them. it's
0: just it's just being in this community. It's just one of those things we have to deal with
1: yeah yeah it's uh you know yeah i've had a lot of fun with it and and you know my intention right from the start um was just to kind of create content uh to help kind of answer these questions that i had as i was getting back into film photography Mm -hmm. um so i never ever wanted wanted it to be or, or wanted to be you know uh Uh, super highly opinionated, this is what you need, this is the best, this, this, this kind of, but more so, um, you know, this is what I use and this is why I use it and this is why I like it and maybe this will help you with some of the decisions you're trying to make
0: does a lot of um post-production work go into like how, how long does a typical youtube video
1: take for you to make um i would say like probably go out like go out and film for a day you know film a little more another day just for like pickup shots and stuff mm-hmm. and then like i try and i try and put as much time as i can into them but then i also do this as a full-time career so it's usually you know i've been shooting or editing um, all week and then I'm trying to you know <laughs> there. Right, yeah. so I've yeah. been sitting at the computer all day till six and then I eat dinner and then I come back on the computer right so um, I would say though probably like two days of editing by the time everything's said and done um, you know just finding music editing uh, doing color doing sound and stuff like that but uh, I also have like a, a rhythm in a way I do things just from doing it as a career so mm-hmm. I can sometimes get them out a little quicker than uh, than uh, i uh, anticipated at the start so yeah
2: yeah i guess that does make it easier are you like a one-man band with that is is it just you going out and shooting or like with the youtube stuff yeah
1: yeah yeah y- yeah yeah. for the most part every now and then i'll get like one of my buddies or mm-hmm. or someone to come and uh, shoot a little bit just because it is night you know it's when you're by yourself it's it's tough to really get uh yeah variety with things mm-hmm. right oh yeah oh yeah or it makes things like you know sometimes i'll i'll, I'll set up the camera um, and, and it's funny, like I, up until uh, a few months ago, I didn't have any autofocus lenses because all of the, <laughs> what I use for my, my video work mm-hmm. is manual. So, you know, I'd like set up my on cam, I'd hit record, I'd run out, I'd stand in position, I'd put like a stick down to mark my spot and then I'd run back and like <laughs> watch yeah, the yeah, clip yeah. to see what's up. <laughs> so anyway, so, sometimes they end up taking way longer than they probably should.
2: Man. Yeah. I know all about that. I was just worried because you have, I mean, just to go back to your YouTube channel, like you just, you have like a unique feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I. you know, when I watch it, I'm just like, so does he have, is somebody helping him? Like is somebody Mm -hmm. shooting this while he's doing I mean, because I was trying to figure it out just from the perspective of, you know, a content creator as well, like doing YouTube and stuff like that because I've only recently had a couple friends help me out on some of my stuff and man what a, what a difference that makes in in shots but like you can't notice that with your stuff that's why i was curious if it doesn't you know it seems like you have somebody there that you're not kind of putting a stick on the ground and running towards <laughs> you know yeah, like it just seems a little more involved in that
1: it's not that glamorous that's for sure yeah yeah
2: yeah but uh no yeah i would say eight, probably like
1: 80 to 85 percent of the time i'm, I'm by myself so uh, man,
2: that's cool yeah yeah, I guess the film background helps out a little bit with that. Yeah, too. when you first <laughs> said I that, I was like, I don't that makes that. so yeah. much,
0: I mean, everything's lit so wonderful. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, this, he knows what he's doing. This is awesome.
1: It's a, You know what, it's a good thing and a bad thing, though, too, because, like, sometimes, um, you know, it's hard for me to get out of the mindset that I'm in when I'm creating work for clients and stuff, um, where, you know, I could, with some of the YouTube stuff, you know, I could maybe get it out a bit quicker, or, like, some things don't matter as Right. Much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, maybe I'm trying. I'm spending way too much time on, on something, and, and then I'm not getting an episode out for another week because of that. So uh, I think that's a bit of a like a a, a downside in a way. But yeah,
0: the catch twenty two of that is like it it takes you longer and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I just keep thinking back because I haven't made. I looked, it was like six months since I Mm -hmm. put a video out on YouTube and it, it, I was talking to somebody, it might even have been you. I don't remember who it was, but you kind of, when you do something like that, at least for me, when I was doing, when I was like putting out like a video or two a week on my YouTube channel, like I was losing grasp of my photography. Like I wasn't, I was shooting for the videos and it kind of, you could really tell. And I think Mm -hmm. people were even like saying that to me online and like, that's not what you want to hear, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but no, but it. No, I was just going to say it's just tough to balance like because I use I use photography as like a like it's kind of I always say it on the show. It's like my my sports or my hobby, you know, it's kind of like like, my my release, you know, it's mm -hmm. my therapy. Yeah, it's my gym. It's my therapist. It's my every. You know, like so. Adding that extra element was kind of just becoming too hard to juggle for me. So, I, do do you deal with anything like that I, like with the?
1: I can relate like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, and that the, that's the thing for me is like uh, you know everyone's different in terms of how they approach their photography, but for me it's mm-hmm. always been a very personal thing. Yeah, and it and it's also something that hasn't it, it isn't on all the time. Do you know what I mean? So oh mm-hmm. yeah, oh, like yeah. so I you know I can't just go out. Um, you know, three, four times a week and shoot because I'm not always, uh, you know, inspired or creative, mm-hmm. feeling creative or things like that. So, you know, for me to, to try and put out content all of the time where I'm creating and it is really difficult because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just go, it's hard for me to fake it, I guess is what I would. Yeah. Mean. Yeah. So, but you know what, that's where like, personally, I try, like, I, I try and be as consistent as I can with YouTube, because I mean, if you're trying to, if you want to build an audience with it, which I mean, everyone does, right. For me, it's absolutely not the sole purpose by any means, but I mean, everyone likes to build an audience. Mm -hmm. Consistency is huge, Mm -hmm. but you know, I kind of told myself from the start and I've accepted as well that, uh, I'll try and be as consistent as I can. But a big thing for me is, um, if I'm putting out content, it's, it's content that I have to be happy with. And that also serves a purpose. So, Mm. you know, if, I would rather not put something out for a week than sit here and, and and like scratch my head for four hours and then make a video about um something super random that I don't care about. Yeah, you know I mean? or that's yeah. not gonna help anyone.
0: Yeah, for me I actually just did um I kind of challenged myself to do like a, a travel vlog of this trip. And it's it was really hard to do both, like shoot photos and vlog the trip. Like I mean you can't both obviously at the same time so um my my boyfriend has just gotten into shooting film and he was firing away all the time so a lot of it was like my vlogs were not me sh- shooting him shooting so like he sent out like six roles to get developed and i was like i have three you know Aww. so like that kind of like na- <laughs> like thinking back like i like that i have that experience vlogged and i think it's really cool especially for us we just did a we kyle we just did our first um meetup Mm -hmm. Uh, So Timothy and I just met in real life when I was in Nashville and we had a bunch of people come hang out with us and that was amazing and I vlogged the whole thing and that's really great like even you know my boyfriend was like I'm glad we have these to look back on but like in my in my heart I was like I wish I had the photos to look back on you know.
1: Yeah, it, I I hear you. It certainly is a completely different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's different for everyone in terms of how you approach your photography, but like, I hear you. You know, for, for me, it's even making the videos is a creative thing. So it's like. Yeah. If, same, same here. Yeah. So yeah, if I'm making the I videos, mean, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to be creative with that. So it, it's almost like it's one or the other, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: I mean, I definitely, there is that as well for me. Part of it is creating that content and being creative with the YouTube, but also, I mean, that, I'm finding now that like fills that bucket YouTube which is good but it was just interesting that I was like okay we got our film back and I was like I don't have that many (laughs) I wish (laughs) I had more I wish I shot Portra instead of this if I had more time I would have shot you know but that just comes with with uh travel vlogging I guess if you think about all those people who travel vlog who I mean all those travel vloggers are just travel vloggers they're not like yeah they're just vlog yeah Yeah, Yeah. for sure
2: yeah
0: that was interesting I think on our next trip I'll probably just shoot shoot photos But we'll see, I could change, you know, who knows?
2: (laughs) Definitely, yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you. See, it's just nuts because, like, I, I hate, I hated giving up, not giving up on the YouTube thing, but, like, I, I kind of, you know, I just took a seat because I wasn't getting the, the satisfaction out of my photography anymore, and, and, you know, when, when I stopped doing that, like, I, I, I've created a new zine, I've shot, Mm -hmm. like, three different bodies of work, like, I'm, I'm proud of the, the photos that I'm posting again, and, like, I don't know. I just don't know if it's worth... Oh, I don't know. Uh, You know what,
1: Like, I think that's amazing. And I think that's good that you had that awareness to do that. Yeah. And and I think that all comes back to, you know, just everyone having, you know, different kind of goals and interests and preferences. Mm. And, you know, there's Mm -hmm. some people out there who create YouTube content every single week. And I'm sure, uh, you know, they're building an audience and all that and it's working for them and they probably enjoy it. But, um, you know, I think if you're the type of person where you know other aspects of your work are, are really important to you and those start um kind of lacking because of that then i don't think there's anything um, wrong yeah. at all and and you know what that's i think with social media like i really like social media i think it's there's i think it's a really good thing mm-hmm. um it, it gets you know bashed quite a bit by people but i think that's because it does, yeah. I, I don't think i think self-awareness is huge and i don't think i don't think everyone um really maybe takes enough time to think about what they want so you know mm-hmm. i think there's people out there who maybe don't really care about having a huge huge audience but for some reason think they do you know what i mean or, or yeah. look at people yeah yeah maybe they're posting their photos and they aren't getting you know ten thousand likes and it bums them out but then it's like you know does that actually even really matter to you <laughs> you know it does yeah. to some people it doesn't to others so yeah
2: yeah, yeah.
0: It's funny. um, The iPhone update just—I don't know if you guys have updated your iPhones. If you have iPhones, like no,
2: not yet, not yet. (laughs) It has a new
0: feature. It's called Screen Time, where it'll like show you how long you spent on social media. Oh wow! And it's like eye-opening. I'll just say that because it's like.
2: Man, seven, I want to know. Seven hours I know out how of the much, day. what? <laughs> you know how much but time I, are you I, I, spending on Instagram? I, you know, I was
0: like, I'm, I have a podcast. I I have to like be you know connected. It's like making all these excuses. It's like I, I'm just gonna turn that off because I don't need to know that.
1: <laughs> you know what? There's good things and there's bad things about everything, right? And yeah. I think you know social media is a huge part of uh, of you know how we live our lives now. Mm-hmm. And if you look back 20 years ago, there's gonna be things that you know you can even. Think of doing now, but you right. know, when, when new I mean, technos- just this
0: us sitting here talking to you, it's all because of YouTube and Instagram and social media. And
1: yeah, 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 exactly. I I try and look at, uh, uh you know, th- sure, there's things that frustrate me sometimes, or you know, it's tough being connected all the time and, and whatnot, but uh, you know, I've met so many people mm-hmm. just even on Instagram, you know, yeah, like exactly, you know, this is a perfect example, but just uh, s- so many people who you know, when I travel now. You know, people who you kind of have become friends with online, yeah. and then you meet up in in real life. It's and yeah, it's uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, our
0: meetup is a great example of that putting putting names to Instagram oh, handles I know. was so I cool. Know.
2: That was that yeah. was so much fun. That was the first. You know that. I've always seen meetups and stuff on Instagram. It's like, hey, we're all meeting up and doing a photo walk blah da 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 and I was like, man, that'd be so awesome, but of course, I work that day <laughs> and then we finally had you know our meetup and I had zero excuse like I had to go. it was yeah. our meetup, you know, <laughs> and it it was awesome, like it was so much fun and it definitely like Cause I, I'm, I, I I was saying it while we were all together too, that like, I'm like a definite lone wolf, you know, like I just kind of ride by myself. Mm -hmm. I go out and shoot alone. I, you know, I don't really have any other photo friends minus like the ones that I talk to online, you know, and you and and Mm -hmm. like our guests and stuff that I keep in contact with. And, uh, it's just nuts to actually see people in real life that I talk to on the internet, you Mm -hmm. know, like. Like Matt and like everybody, you know, it was just crazy. It was a it was a really eye opening experience. It's like maybe I should have friends again. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you should go shoot with all those Nashville
0: locals, man. I
2: know. I didn't even think that there was that many people that shot film in you know in the three state area, but just the I don't know. It was awesome. It was definitely eye opening.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's awesome you guys put put that together.
2: Yeah, I. We kind of got rained out a little bit. I wish if it wouldn't have rained, I think it would have been a little bit better. But
0: I mean, we ended up having to, to hide in, in a pub. But even that was like sitting with everybody and just having a beer and talking shop was awesome too. So, yeah,
2: priceless for sure.
0: So, Kyle, what kind of photography do you do? Is it like portrait stuff with your clients or you like commercial stuff?
1: So, like, from a business standpoint? Yeah. uh, So, again, very, very limited. So, a lot of my work in that sense over the years has been, like, either teaching, uh, writing, licensing photos um, for magazines, Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit of online stuff. But not almost... None whatsoever when it comes to, um, like commercial photography and headshots and anything like that. Um, I'm in a position with, um, the, the video work I do where I don't really need to try and, um, seek out too much photography work, which is good because, um, you know, a lot of my photography work is my personal work. It's the work yeah. that you guys would see on my Instagram and on my website and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, there's not really a, a huge commercial market for that in terms of offering <laughs> services. Right. Um, so yeah, over the years, it has been more so on the teaching side of things. So some private workshops writing for a few magazines, um, a few online communities and stuff like that. How's the, yeah. how have
0: the workshops been
1: good? You know what? It's something that I would love to do more of, uh, I find it really rewarding, and it's. I, I think what I enjoy the most is just uh, not so much teaching people the technical side of photography, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is obviously super important, um, but more so the the creative side, you know, trying to trying to grow that part of your craft. Um, really, just taking the angle of, um, you know, creating the work that you really care about most, and not, you know, not trying to get out of the. Um, you know shooting specific things because it's what you think is going to be most popular i like to try yeah. and help people the best i can kind of uh, go with whatever is gonna make them kind of most satisfied
0: i love that i love that that we, we sometimes lose sight of like the creative process because we're so into like the gear and the this and the that and it's like but are you making work that you know like i said fills that creative bucket it's
2: yeah. really important See, that's kind of nice though, too, because that you have the video thing. Like you don't have to use your photography as your job as, as a job because I feel like that for me, it, I, I've said it a million times on this podcast. Like that killed my love for photography it was when I was like trying to do client work and having to deal with somebody that wanted something their way. Like, cause you know, the customer is always right kind of thing. So it's not like I have the final say on it like mm-hmm. they do. So it's not really my. I don't know. It's just it. It makes me. It makes me kind of feel weird thinking about doing client work and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes I want to go back to it, but like, I I just don't think I could ever do it again. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, as soon as you monetize something, it changes, right, in terms Mm. of your approach with it. Um, And it's hard to kind of detach yourself from that, like, uh, creative pureness or the way you would approach your own work, right? Where, like, a lot of the times, maybe the way that you would. Do something or prefer to do something isn't the best for the client, anyways, in the first place, right? do it. (laughs) but it's it's hard to detach from that, right? Even like I I, I find even in my video work, you know, uh, working with clients, right, and you know, you get really attached to this idea you might have, and sure, it might be be a really kind of uh, exciting or cool way to do it, but then it it might not make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) So (laughs) for real, yeah, I hear you. As soon as you monetize things, it changes. So. Again, though, I mean, that's where I think you need to make the decisions like, uh, you know, you don't have to make a living from photography. Yeah, that's
0: that's we, we just had Matt, Matt, on, and he was talking about how he was doing it full time and he started to feel the same way. So he stepped back and now he he does, you know, he does it, I would say, like most sometimes for professional stuff, but mostly for personal. And if that has to be the case, then there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that.
1: No. In a lot of cases, that's the way to go. I mean, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It, and and it all comes down to, to individuals, right? There's some people mm-hmm. and there's photographers I know and who I'm friends with who do it full-time and are just absolutely insane and crazy and nonstop but love every minute of it and have mm-hmm. found a way to do it that, that they really enjoy, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, it, for some people, it, it could be best just to keep it as pure as possible as a hobby and then make your living another way.
0: I, I think the other trick to that is knowing when to say no to jobs. that that just... For sure. You know, like people, like, people have asked me, like, to do the craziest, like, just because people think, like, you, you, I do love it, but I don't want to go photograph, like, your belly dancing thing.
2: <laughs> that you're, you know what I mean? Like,
0: like no disrespect, mm-hmm. but, like, that's not really what I'm into. And you could say, like, you, don't be afraid to say no or, or like refer to somebody else who might be down. Like it's all a balance for
1: sure. Yeah. I, I think you got to uh, you got to try everything once and then you got to, you know, figure out what you like, what works, what you enjoy. Long story short, I, I shot a wedding and it just yeah, it was insane. And I realized that, it, you know, one is enough and, and that wasn't a way to go. So <laughs> I, I think that's important as well. Figuring out what you like and then, you know, trying mm-hmm. everything, experimenting a bit, but you know, not doing something that uh maybe isn't for you absolutely
2: do you do you have like a a goal for your personal stuff like are you trying to do any publication like a book or you do prints or what are you just kind of shooting to shooting to just you know be happy what's what's kind of the goal with that
1: so i would say right now like i'm one of those people who has like millions of ideas and writes them down and then i have this Mm. giant book full of ideas and it's like me too then i get overwhelmed (laughs) and i'm like all right which one am i working on but um the, I would say that the main one right now, and it's kind of been on pause for a little bit just because... Uh... Um, we got, we moved back uh, home quite recently after traveling and whatnot. So we've just kind of been getting our lives back on track, but, uh, I'm, I'm working on a portfolio of basically, uh, at West in specifically in, in America, uh, which is basically most of my work that I've been posting to my Instagram for the past yeah, uh, yeah.
2: I noticed that. Yeah. six months. It's so.
0: gorgeous by the way.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I appreci- appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I still want to make a few more trips back there. Um, I've been – I've had this trip planned to go back out, fly to New Mexico and spend a few weeks out there. But again, just juggling things here and trying to find the right time. But uh, yeah, that's – right now I'm just working away on that portfolio and uh, the end goal is absolutely uh, – is uh, a book. I, I would love to put something yes. together. So just trying not to rush it. You know, I just want to uh, – Yeah. I want to shoot. I want to create and I want to get to a point where, uh, you know, I feel like I'm ready to put something out. Man. That's exciting.
2: I love that. I I have a couple long long term projects that I've been working on that um, every time we go home, I try to try to document as much of home as I possibly can. I just did a little zine. About Home It was just like a little Well 60 pages Isn't really little But it was It's a a tiny book But I just love that Like collecting things Like that over time You know Kind of Long term projects Mm -hmm. Rather than the short quick Because you know Everything's quick now Like You post You know A couple pictures To Instagram They're gone But Mm -hmm. I I have Just all these like Little secret projects That are It doesn't even matter That they're secret But to me It means so much That you know Nobody's ever seen These photos And like I'm really proud proud of them and i don't know there's just something about holding on to work that i don't know makes me feel good that that it's just fun it's a fun little process
1: well things change as well right like i think it's good to step back from things and not finish everything at once you know maybe if you're working on a project and you take a you know a couple week or a month break from it and then you get back into it and i think uh stepping away from your work and then going back and viewing it You know, you 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 view it a little differently than you would have in the past right after you created it. And who knows kind of what direction that'll set you on or or, you know, what you'll change up or or, or what you'll switch up after that. So
0: and Timothy, it's been a while since your last book, right?
2: Yeah, it's been four years. Yeah. so (laughs) Yeah. A little while.
0: I ordered mine. I'm super excited to get it. I can't. I can't wait.
2: I know. I'm. I'm excited for everybody to see him. It, it's just you know working on something like that. And I, when I used to go home, I wouldn't really try to shoot for something. And this time, I didn't think I'd have time to do that because I was only home for three days. Hence the name of the the project: three days. But like it it was just really cool that it all came out and you know it's w- I think we focus a lot on the single image you know and uh some of the some of the pictures wouldn't make sense in a single image setting mm-hmm. you know like it, and it's kind of neat to see that that like because I want to post a couple of them to my Instagram like now that the book's released and like I kind of want to share a little bit with it and it's like well that doesn't work unless it's got this one you know right, so right, it's kind of right. hard to it's kind of hard to share that side of it but I don't know I think I'm just going to I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun to do to do that that little. And man, there was something else I was just going to say and it kind of slipped away. Oh, that's what it was. What you were just saying about looking back on and like how things change. Like your mind changes on things. Like, that's why I'm I'm super glad that I kind of fell into this film thing because, you know, digitally, we toss all the bad photos or we toss all the mm-hmm. ones that we didn't really care about. Like, they're just thrown into the trash can. And with film, we're kind of forced to preserve these images and, and re-look at them again because they're, you know, they're on a strip and you can't really just throw it in the trash can of your, of your computer. So, you're kind of forced to go back. And look at some of the, like the B shots that you didn't think you were going to use. And then you find like a whole other, you know, like looking at, I don't know, it's just so crazy that film allows that because, you know, in digitally you take what, 1500 pictures and you save the 600 that you want and you throw the other ones away and you never look at them. And it's like I was going through some old photos from just walking around down here in franklin and i'm like oh how did i not see this one Mm -hmm. you know like what was i how did i ignore that like that's a really cool shot i don't know it's just neat how your how your tastes and your mind changes about the things you do as time kind of grows and it's neat it's neat to look back on your stuff
0: seeing it with fresh eyes
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah super important i would agree and then projects as well i find really give you um can help with direction you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so if you're oh yeah If you're just going out uh, and maybe you don't have a specific idea in mind, you know it it might be difficult to find images you like because there's no um, kind of context to them. But I think if you're working on a project, all of a sudden it opens up all these possibilities for Mm -hmm. what you might go and look for and what you might shoot based on kind of the theme you're going for or 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 the story that you're trying to create. Um, So I think there's huge value in in that as well. Absolutely.
2: I used to, I used to carry this sheet around with me when I would go out and shoot because I wouldn't know what to shoot. You know, you just kind of go out just to take a walk around the block. And I remember I found this really neat 365 project where they kind of gave you like a, you know, 30 ideas for, for the month of October or something oh, like that. Yeah. And it was just like really kind of quirky, funny things. But this one was like really obscure and bizarre. And I used to keep the sheet with me all the time. One would be like a dumpster. One would be, uh, like, a tire swing Mm -hmm. with a child in it. You know, like, just, like, really weird, obscure things that you would have to find and shoot. And I would keep that with me in my little book. I wonder what happened to that. That's a really great idea. I like that. Yeah, if you're kind of just going out and cruising, just, like you know keep a list of things that you've wanted to shoot or maybe even just print something random like that because they're all over the internet like what is it etsy or pinterest or what what is that mm-hmm. thing called? i never use yeah. pinterest so i don't <laughs> i think that's what it is but you can find those on people's pinterest boards all the time
0: it's true that stuff like you know keeping you inspired especially and we've talked about being in a, in a rut on the show a lot of times mm. and something like easy simple as that like write down a bunch of shots go for a walk try and get you know what i mean like I really like that
1: yeah it's funny it's definitely something we all go through too with you just mentioning like creative ruts and stuff like uh, that and I think the worst. I think it's funny because like I think getting out there and shooting is super important and very helpful but then I think another part is just like being okay with not yeah, right. being into it and to taking two weeks off and not shooting you know what i mean i think those breaks sometimes are when you come back from them you can be you know feeling kind of that uh, that drive again or that inspiration uh, whereas like you you know if you don't take that break you might just try and force things for like a month and you're just kind of yeah. digging yourself in a deeper deeper hole
0: it's funny i um i don't know if you guys do this too but i always have a camera with me um
2: no, never. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I always <have. laughs>
0: Yeah. But, like, one of, the, one of the girls I work with, she's actually a director. And I walked into the break room and I had my camera on my neck. And she's like, What are you doing? I was like, Well, what? She's like, With that camera, what are you going to do here at work? You can't shoot here. That's like, What? And I was like, Yeah, I know. I just, like, I have it. She's like, That's such a good character study. I love that. And I was just like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's just, I just, just in case, you know, I have to take it. I might be in the parking lot and see a bunch of birds or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Never I, thought know, that, right? I thought that, like her, like as a director, was like, I love that, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I highly suggest people that love photography to just always have a mm-hmm. ca- I mean, we have iPhones now, which are like top of the line cameras in your mm-hmm. pocket, but it's, it's, it's pretty nuts. No, it's uh, there was I, I've I've told the I've told the tragic story a million times where. Uh, the one time I didn't have my camera, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a car on the side of the road, and the engine was on fire, yep. and it oh, was no. just like one, of, <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those awesome moments where I would have pulled over, taken a couple shots, and then tried to help these people, yeah. but instead I didn't, like, have the, you know, and I will never forget that nor let it down, so now my back and shoulders suffer because I carry a book bag filled yep. with, like, three cameras with me everywhere I go all the time, so... <laughs> Nice. It's too
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst. I, I bring mine a lot of places. Like say, if I'm I, I live a couple hours north of uh, of the city where I'm at here. So whenever I go into the city, you know, if I'm just running errands, I'll bring it with me. And it's like every single time, it I just have this massive bag of gear on my seat, and I <laughs> mm-hmm. never shoot a single mm-hmm. photo because usually I'm like I get down there, I'm doing what I got to do. Then there's traffic. Then I'm trying to get home, but mm-hmm. uh, but you
2: never know, right? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, just in case. Yeah, it's better to have it than not.
2: For sure. All right, guys, we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to have a listener interaction question for Kyle after this message from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Format.com, the number one website and portfolio builder for photographers.
0: Format is a bunch of creatives who started a company that allows photographers to showcase their work through beautiful websites. If you're a photographer, filmmaker, designer, artist, illustrator, or creator, Format's websites are designed to be built as quickly and seamlessly as possible, and they look great on mobile. Pick from their many customizable themes and build your new website in only an hour. Display your work through stunning visual galleries. Sell presets, prints, and more through your very own storefront. Proofing galleries to share password-protected galleries to get feedback from your clients. If you go to Format.com slash Analog Talk right now, rather than their standard 14-day free trial with their personal plan, you'll get bumped up to one month of their pro plan plus a 25% discount, which lets you upload 10 times more images, gives you five times more store products, and the ability to do custom HTML and CSS editing.
2: You don't need to enter any credit card info, so it's completely risk-free. See how great your work looks on Format today. Go to Format.com slash Analog Talk to get a free month plus 25% off on a Pro plan.
0: Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to polaroidoriginals.com and use the offer code Analog Talk 10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase.
2: All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Nicholas. You can find him on Instagram at shankakong, Kong. And he asks, Kyle, from what I've seen on your YouTube channel and Instagram, you mostly shoot color negative film. But are you also excited about the new Kodak Ektachrome? Will you try it out? Question mark.
1: So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, any new um, film release is something to get oh, yeah. excited about, for, I think, for all of us. Um mm-hmm. And we're lucky that it seems like there's, you know, it's kind of on a, yeah, it's on (laughs) on an upswing. So yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, Will I shoot it? Absolutely. Um, But kind of whenever I get my hands on a roll, you know, it's I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the stocks I'm shooting right now, Mm -hmm. and. I'll definitely try it. I think with a lot of my work, I try and stick to specific film stocks for specific portfolios, or at least that's the way yeah. that I'm going, you know, with a lot of my recent work. But I mean, I'll definitely try it out. And then, you know, down the road, if if I start a project that maybe would work well with the specific look, then it's something I'll use more. But uh, yeah, it's funny enough, after getting back into film, uh actually haven't shot that much slide film at all. So you know, I
0: really haven't either. I just prefer the negative stuff. I don't know. I'm, all, I'm excited <laughs> to try the the ectochrome
1: though, for sure. Definitely, I think it's a whole uh, it's a whole another side of things, right? With it uh, is with slide film, and I've had a role of. Uh, Provia mm-hmm. that's been in my fridge forever, and I've actually been meaning to do. I really want to do just like a an episode testing, you know, exposure for slide film. Um, oh, I'd par- love that. Yeah, yeah, partially for myself, and then also for others, um, just to get a feel for how it kind of handles things. So, uh, yeah, maybe sometime in the near future.
0: What are your go to stocks? If you don't mind me asking,
1: I would say Portra four hundred and. And a lot, I mean, like every, it's a huge favorite of a lot of people. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But uh, what what's really interesting is that's what I used, I would say, for about 90% of my work shot out in the desert. And, you know, it's just one of the film stocks that I started using when I got back into film and then I really liked it. So I kept using it. Um, and it just so happens that it worked really well with kind of the, the color palette out, yeah. out in the desert with the blues and kind of the browns and stuff like that. And what's been really interesting is, uh, ever since I've been home, I, where I live, it's, uh, it'd be comparable to, uh, you know, like, uh, Minnesota, Michigan, stuff like that in the United States, yeah. lakes, woods, a lot of that. And, you know, of course, when I started creating work here, I just started using Portra. And now what I'm realizing, um, really quickly is that it, for me, it doesn't work the same way as it did in the desert. Do you know what <laughs> right. I mean? That, there's a, yeah. the, it's predominantly green here mm-hmm. um, in a lot of the images I'm creating. So that's been like really fascinating to, to kind of realize that and now start thinking, okay, well for the, the you know, the work I'm creating here and, and the portfolio I want to work on, you know, what film stock is going to work best for that, you know, for that color palette. So, uh, yeah, I would say portrait 400s is my go-to, but now I'm kind of, uh, in this kind of experiment, like I'm starting to experiment a little bit to find something that works well here.
0: That's fun too. always Man. when you, you know. I, I
2: know nothing about color film. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely like a, a black and I mean I I enjoy portrait 400. I I really like 800. I mean the whole portrait lineup is is pretty amazing. I mean they they definitely do a good job rendering the image, and Ektar has always been fun too. Ektar's I've seen
1: a lot of nice work created with Ektar, and that's actually one of the film stocks that I'm starting to experiment with a little bit here that I think... Ektar is great. Mm -hmm. I think the difficult thing, though, and I think it might confuse a lot of people who are just getting back into film or getting into film for the first time, is that, you know, we have film stocks that are advertised to have certain characteristics, right? So, Mm -hmm. Ektar being contrasty and saturated, you know, portrait being a little softer and things like that, but then... You know, if you're sent you send your film off at a to a lab to get scanned, and if you've never shot film before and the scan scanning operator scans your portrait super contrasty and saturated, yeah. you're gonna be like, what's going on, right? Or yeah. you send them a roll at Ektar and it comes back and maybe they scanned it really low contrast and desaturated. So um, I think that can be a bit of a challenge too. It's it's half figuring out what film you like and then half really uh, developing a workflow or getting comfortable with a lab where you can get it scanned in a way that, uh, also produces results you like. So,
0: yeah, having, we've talked about this in the show, but like having a, you know, sending your film to a really good lab is worth it in the long run than dropping it off at some one hour photo or the guy's just buzzing through (laughs) and doesn't care, you know, like it really does make a difference.
1: Huge. Yeah. And and Mm -hmm. just building up a relationship with them. Like, uh, I started using the fine lab for almost all of my, uh, developing and scanning when I was traveling. Um, just gonna ask that <laughs> and uh and a huge part of that was uh you know me send like sending them rolls and saying okay can you scan this on the frontier yeah and then you know oh, going back and saying can you scan that same role on the naritsu? right mm-hmm. and i know oh, can you sa- scan that same role on the naritsu with as l- little contrast as possible and can you scan the same role on the frontier with as little contrast as possible just to really understand because you know i had sent Uh, filmed the labs before. And kind of like I just said, you know, I'd get a roll of portrait back and it would be like crazy contrasty. Mm -hmm. And then I'd get another roll of portrait back and it'd be super flat. And I'm like, you know, what's going on here? So (laughs) is it me? me? (laughs) So I think getting to a point where you have a lab you work with, or if you're scanning at home, you have a a workflow where you go, okay, you send them film and you say, okay, scan this on the frontier with medium saturation and low contrast or something like that. So I think that's equally as important as finding right. film. That yeah, like. That's
2: that's really good advice, especially for people that, you know, haven't worked with a lab or just getting into this because it can be it. Can, I mean, I, I never used a lab. So like minus one hour photo like at Walgreens mm-hmm. when I first started shooting 35 again, like what, 2012 or 13, whenever that was. Um, but yeah, that's good to know, because I definitely would like to send some stuff off to a lab and give it a try just so I'm not so stressed on having developed this stuff all the time by myself. It's a lot of work, right? It is a lot of work. But, like, I also find that kind of, with shooting, I find a little bit of peace and kind Mm -hmm. of, there's like a a yin and a yang with that as well, you know, like I get something out of it and get something out of it. So, it's it's pretty cool. It's work and it's scary, but (laughs) sometimes (laughs) you can mess it up. Yeah. All your hard work, right. Could just
1: be thrown mm. in, the, in the trash. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I have a lot of respect for people who, who develop in uh, their, their film at home. And uh, about a month ago, I, I went out and I bought everything and, and some chemicals to, oh, nice. to do it. Nice. it was one thing that I was excited to get into. And, uh, I, I actually haven't done any yet. Purely, just <laughs> nah. I've, I've been so busy, right? And yeah. it's like to even to take an evening and to you know, it's a process and it takes time. So, right. um, I, Yeah, I have a lot of respect for people who who kind of do the whole process at home.
2: I think once you do do it and see the magic, though, like see it in your see it before your own eyes, you know, because it's it's just like when you were a kid and you put you know you're in photography class and you put the print in the mm-hmm. in the developer for the first time and you see it. Like, there's something about. You know putting the film loading it in you know knowing what what you have on there and just like you know mixing up the soup and doing all the chemicals and pulling it out and i mean i've gotten to the point where i pull my negatives out and i can tell like even in negative form like what the images are going to look like mm-hmm. pretty much because i've just been doing it for so long cause I and it, it's just like magic every time every time i unwind the film i'm like oh, like uh oh, this is great
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's neat to complete that process, right, to mm. shoot the film, develop it, and then also scan it at home. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I think uh, having being able to have your hands on each part of that uh, process is pretty neat. For sure.
0: Although, Timothy, you don't know the experience of like sending your film away and then having to wait and then <laughs> getting the email of, like, your scans are ready and being like, oh, my mm. scans ready, I'm so excited!
1: Yeah, I agree. That's a
2: that's, that's a good like feeling.
0: Christmas every every time. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I, agree. I would just love it for the the quality. I mean, I can only get so much out of a Epson V seven hundred. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can, especially with the thirty five stuff. Like I mostly shoot thirty five. I mean, I've been shooting a lot of six seven since I got the Pentax, but I would love to see like a high quality scan.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Scanning at home is kind of like a. It's a love hate relationship for me, and it's mm-hmm. something that I've started to do more. Uh, again, now that we're back, and uh, it's I think it's one of those things where the, it's just again, it's really really time consuming, you know. And not that that's an excuse, it, yeah, but it it's you know, if you want to, for me to sit down and to scan um, a roll of one twenty on a shot on a six seven, you know, by the time they're scanned, by the time mm-hmm. the the raw like the the initial scans are brought in and tweaked, and then those are, it's just like. It's a it's a lot of work. So it is, I think I could see myself like scanning at, scanning at home and enjoying it. If I only shot like four by five film, you know what I right. mean? Yeah. I one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's
0: one yeah.
1: scan. Yeah, exactly. And I could work, you know, I could work on that one and take my time and then I'm done. But uh, I have, um, I have like six or seven roles that I have been sitting in my binder for two months just because oh. I, I need to get around to scanning them. Whereas mm-hmm. when I used to send to a lab, it was like, oh, great. Got the email. Mm-hmm. You know, download them. <laughs> it's all good. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right, Kyle. So this is a part of the show where we ask the tough questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what camera, like, is your desert island camera? So one camera that you, if you had to pick only one forever, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, geez, that You know, that is tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone says the exact same thing, but, uh, it's funny. I don't have any like emotional attachments to any cameras. Mm. It's more so just like the ones that I've learned how to use and work really well for me. And yeah, so I would say probably my favorite is the Pentax 672. And that's what I use for 90% of my work right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it just does what I need it to do. It's a, it's a great camera. It's, um, ergonomically. I, I think a big thing is, is it shoots like a 35 millimeter camera. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I love working off of a tripod and I love really, you know, taking my time with images. But then on the flip side, um, you know, going to something like a Mamiya RB, which is at times more of a tripod camera, I always end up missing that kind of spontaneity that comes with, you know, just having the camera sitting on the seat beside you as you're driving. And if you want to just jump out and get a shot, you know, having that those kind of ergonomics of an SLR. So, um that, for me, the Pentax 672. Um, and, That's a great and a, answer. <laughs> yeah. Another reason just being six by seven. You know, I, I've i shot a lot of my work uh, from the West was on 35 mil, um, which is great and I love. But, you know, once you start shooting a larger negative, yep. you never want to oh, yeah. go back. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: second part of this question, Kyle. What's your white whale camera? So, what camera don't you don't own, but you're lusting after and really want to get your hands on?
1: Honestly, I don't. I like. I don't know if there is one. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> lucky yeah. you. Yeah, I, 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 can't think of. You know, the only one that I could maybe think of, not even because it's something that I'm lusting over, but it would be in a similar uh, field. Would be something like the Mamiya Seven. Mm-hmm. But, mm. but I'm just happy enough yeah. with what I have that I, I don't think I would ever you know sell what I have to to go and buy that kind of thing yeah yeah but Man. yeah there, I mean there's a who knows that'll that'll probably change right like that's the
0: <laughs> I feel like mine changes every week like I watched your videos uh this morning and I was like now I want a Pentax Seven, and I googled <laughs> how much they cost and I was like oh uh, uh. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's a bit it's a bit crazy right now but that's kind of the fun of it right and and you know I've yeah. I've always been um with my photography and even with teaching and stuff, I've always preached, you know, don't worry about gear too much. It's not about gear. But then I, at the same time, I'm one who I also really love the gear. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun right. part of it, especially with film photography and having all these, you know, old cameras that are accessible exactly. and sort of affordable now, depending on which one you like. Right. right and, exactly. Um, or even like, I did a video about a four by five that I found, um, an old speed graphic that I found in a thrift store. Right. So there's, it's just, you know, finding something like that, you know, cleaning it up, taking the lens apart. Cause you paid 50 bucks for the thing and you aren't too worried about messing it <laughs> up, you know, buying some film holders, loading it up. It just, there's this kind of, uh, this like charm to it that is, oh, yeah. is and that's lacking.
0: like the best part I think You know, like I I found point and shoots at thrift stores that I was, let me put a roll through this just because. And it's like, this is a great camera. I love it. And it cost me $2, you know? yeah,
1: I agree. Um, There's one of my, uh, the one point and shoot I have that I use for almost all that type of work is an old Minolta Freedom 3. And uh, I found it in a Goodwill. And it, it still has the original batteries in it to this day. Like, it oh, had, wow. there when I bought it, I shot like 10 rolls of film on it and it's still going. So I'm like, seeing how long that can, uh, that can go for. But, yeah. and it's I don't it's funny because it's like you know it's enjoyable and at the same time it's borderline like comical right like finding these old like you know this old plastic point shoot in like a bin full of junk and it's covered Mm -hmm. in dirt right and it (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. and then like going out i think the the contrast where like you know in photography especially if you're in in digital and even with film you can get really caught up with like the best equipment and the sharpest lens and edge to edge and diffraction Mm -hmm. and not using this f-stop and you know what sensor has the best low-light capabilities blah 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 so I think there it, it's almost freeing to be a photographer and use something like that and you're shooting you know uh, you're shooting on film that you got from Walmart. In mm-hmm. this, like, yeah. point mm-hmm. and shoot, you picked out of like a bin that's covered in dirt, right? And you're like pumped on the photos. <laughs> yeah. Cause was,
0: like, a, a lot of that is like, you know, with film and different cameras, you get different looks. Like, you get something completely different if you mix it up like that. And I think that's the best, one of the best parts.
1: Yeah. It, it mm. makes the experiment, right? Mm hmm. makes mm-hmm. you shoot different
0: too. We've talked about that. Like, trying a different film will make you shoot differently in different ways. And it's just, I just love that aspect of it.
1: Well, yeah, even this the, Minol- the Minolta Freedom 3 that I'm talking about, one of the like flaws of it is that the lens vignettes so hard, right? So it's like again, the complete opposite of, you know, technology nowadays where we're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm, how perfect mm-hmm. is this lens, right? And yeah. then meanwhile, yeah. this thing's like people are messaging me with some of the images I post like, "Oh, how'd you get it so dark like around the sky?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, it's just this old crappy lens that vignettes, yep. right?" Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean. That's the best. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me want to just sell all my gear and keep, you know, $2 point and shoots my, yeah. on my shelves.
2: That's what I have. a. Uh, I found this. It, I I can't say no. Like when I'm at Goodwill and mm-hmm. I do find or like a thrift store and I find something like I will rescue it, even if it's broken and it'll just go in the bin in the closet. That's like broken point and shoot bin. <laughs> but I found this Vivitar. It's the biggest, clunkiest, ugliest looking thing that I've ever found. And it's red and and it's got it's it's loud when you shoot it and it doesn't work half the time and pictures it takes it looks like it's kind of like like you said heavy vignette and just kind of soft but not like there's just something about it and i started using it for this project that i've been doing with my friend autumn just as in like kind of like b-roll of the project with with this crappy camera and it kind of really works for that like melancholy feel and I would have never even, you mm-hmm. know, looked at that camera twice if it, you know, if I was like trying to get the best, you yeah, know, because yeah. that thing by no means it should have just been thrown in the trash. But it's <laughs> it's now it's like one of my favorites and I carry I tote that guy with me too everywhere. it's so cool. Yeah I, I share the same uh, problem as you with yeah. that with <laughs> those <resource>. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can't walk away and leave him behind.
1: No. And I'm like, the weirder and uglier and larger mm-hmm. they are, the better. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like if it has like a clamshell, like an old boxy clamshell lid yeah. perfect, right? Or what, whatever weird feature it has on it. Too
2: funny. I f- <laughs> I'd have to find it, but the, the the ugliest, weirdest one I ever found, it was a Kentucky Derby point and shoot, and it was just like one of those ones, it's like no battery, no flash. It just you put the film in it and and go, you know? And it just has a huge horse on it and a guy riding it with a whip, and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing ever. There's like no name on it; it just says Kentucky Derby. Like that's it. So, nice. Yeah, that's. I great. should actually, I should actually try it out. I'd never used it. Yeah, do it. Probably the best, best one yet. I think too. Like
1: <laughs> you know, even even things as kind of crazy as as you know, crappy point and shoots from thrift stores, even stuff like that can influence you know subjects or things you might shoot or ideas. Right. right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, exactly you might b- go buy a uh, an old point shoot you know it up with some drugstore film and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you might you might go and want to do some zine about you know some tourist spot or i don't know like yeah, you know, yeah, you it, yeah. Getting, oh yeah getting it, sure getting in that kind of zone of like someone probably used this in the 90s shooting this exact same film to take pictures of their family vacation so mm-hmm. why don't i go do some sort of project oh based that's around so that. fun
2: yes i yeah. love it yeah, yeah I
1: love that's it. cool there's just yeah I don't know. There's just a lot of like that's the thing I love about film photography is, um, again not I, I love new technology and I, and I always keep up to date with it and all the video work I do is digital and you know we're at we're at a really great place and we're we're fortunate to have a lot of options but there's definitely this side of it where things can kind of get a little crazy at times where it's again new technology the best the best the best lens you know this six thousand dollar lens that has zero flaws whatsoever so for me the thing i love about film photography is just like it like being able it's like this freedom almost and you can embrace imperfections and it's like you can Mm. just go so many different ways and it's not as like you know it's like you have this excuse to kind of just do whatever the hell you want you don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about all these other things So that's, that's, I think for me, why I'll, uh, I'll stick around a long time with film. I mean, I can't see myself uh, switching anytime in the near future, if at all. Same. Yeah. Man, I,
2: I, that was great. I agree 100% with With that. that.
1: I think, I think we all get, we all get the same bug, eh? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, Kyle, this has been, been really awesome. We do have one, one, um, like a little announcement for our listeners, if uh, that's okay with you.
1: Cool. Absolutely. Um,
0: so guys, we're doing a holiday print exchange. I don't know if it's we've announced it on our Instagram. We've got a lot of really great responses so far. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do think M Secret Santa only with four by six prints. Um to sign up for that, you can just send us an email at analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com just with your just saying, hey, I wanna be part of the print exchange and your uh, address. Um I'm gonna be the deadline for that's November thirtieth. I'm gonna be putting everybody's name in a hat. Uh I'm going to maybe drink some eggnog and, and pull some names <laughs> <laughs> and uh, match you guys up with each other. And then it'll be your responsibility to send a four by six print in time for Christmas. And we just think that'd be a fun little um, community thing to do f- for the holidays. So, yeah,
2: I can't wait. That's yeah, it's so going to be fun. fun.
0: Timothy and I are going to be doing it. So, um, yeah, just send us an email again with your analog talk podcast at gmail.com with your or just your address and that you want to send a four by six to somebody for the holidays. Cool. Kyle, this has been really great. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank it's you It's so awesome to me. talking to you. Where can everybody check you out on the social media?
1: Uh, so Instagram is, is where I'm most active and uh, you can find me on there. Just Google my name, Kyle McDougal.
2: Perfect timothy what about you you can find me on instagram at timothy makeups i'm also still over on youtube so (laughs) just head over to the search bar and you can type in timothy.makeups there i do some film photography related videos and um also coming back this month is my little solo podcast called we believe in film i already have some episodes recorded i just need to stop being lazy and push them out but the first episode is going to be pretty fun it's about the process of my zine three days it kind of goes into depth of why how and all that stuff so keep an ear out for that chris where are you at
0: So I am Crispy Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I also do some film-related YouTube videos on there. You guys can check that out. Um, We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook group you can join and a page you can like. Um, The group's been really great. Everybody's been sharing photos recently, and I just love seeing you guys interact with each other over there. It's really great. And that's it for us. Awesome. Awesome. Kyle, thanks again for joining us. This has been so fun.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All
0: right. We'll see you guys in the next
2: one. Bye. All right. First off, I want to thank Kyle McDougal for being on the show. I'll never forget. It was a couple months ago. Bob Price, a former guest on the show, had messaged me a... Well, a message on Instagram about Kyle's videos. And, you know, I've been hooked ever since. I just love love the way you shoot these things. I love the way you explain. You know, it makes it easy. I just love what you're doing, Kyle. We appreciate it. And that brings us to Patreon. Guys, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of tiers over there. You can do stickers and pins. Um, We also, the $5 tier gives you the behind the scenes videos of these episodes. They're raw and uncut. So you get to see us kind of, you just get to see the behind the scenes of this thing. Also, there's a couple other tiers. I know there's one where Chris and I will help you with any photography-related questions. There's print giveaways. There's Instagram features and show features. I think that's the $25 tier. I don't know, guys. There's a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out. If you feel inclined to help out, every little bit helps. It gets us, you know, pushes us a little closer to doing this, you know, more on a full-time basis. Again, thanks, Kyle McDougall. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week, and we will see you next week. Bye.